Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. Good morning, welcome to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Sebastian Bond, who's the co-founder co of Kitab Saudi. Uh, it is an Arabic audio content pr production and distribution platform that brings uh, to your ears exclusive access to the biggest Arabic audiobooks uh, in the world. And today we'll be talking about how the idea was formed, uh, the audiobook trend in general, so all about the production, the process, the industry, and then also new media, the wider uh, industry of new media in the Middle East. Uh, so good morning, Sebastian. Good morning, Richard. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we were going to do this a few weeks ago, but you had an important life event uh, that happened. Uh, that's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> the the birth of I your my, uh, yeah yeah yeah. I had my first uh, son fifteen. 15 days to go, 16, he's turning 16 days today, actually. Wow, still in days rather than months. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, so you, so working from home and uh, being around him and your wife uh, must have been good during this pandemic. Yeah, I mean, I think it was an advantage from that perspective to work from home because it gives you a little bit more flexibility. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's still the case. So I, I think that's uh, that's good, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things that at least it doesn't. It can happen, and you're not too disturbed. You know that there are some events that continue, um, and of course we've we've all ha had a little bit more time for family that we're around as well, which is quite good. Yeah, yeah. great. It's definitely been a very special spring. Great, brilliant. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, so yeah, so as I mentioned. Uh, can you tell us the story of Kitab Saudi, when it was founded, the idea behind it, uh, and the journey so far? Yeah, sure. So in, um, it started in, in 2015 uh, when I was working for uh, another Swedish audiobook company targeting schools. So they do like educational audiobooks uh, in Swedish, uh, mainly for uh, students with dyslexia and other kind of reading disorders. Um, so I was traveling around in Sweden meeting a lot of teachers and uh, I remember one, I think it was in April 2015, uh, I spoke to a teacher who said that we would really like to have uh, audiobooks in Arabic. Uh, a, sweet, the, a, sweet, a Swedish teacher? Exactly, yeah. Okay. So a Swedish teacher asking for audiobooks in Arabic because Arabic is now the second biggest mother tongue language in Sweden. Wow, no idea. Uh, Amazing. So, uh, I mean, that's a challenge for them in the schools, right? To have, uh, as they, they provide audiobooks in Swedish to the Swedish students, they also wanted to provide audiobooks in, in Arabic for the, uh, for the Arabic students. Um, so we started to do some research around this, trying to find um, Arabic audiobooks. Um, and uh, in, uh, in October 2015, we went to Frankfurt Book Fair to speak with Arabic publishers. Um, and it became, um, you know, clear that the Arabic audiobook market um, didn't really exist, you know, in the way it exists in, in uh, English or Swedish or German. Um, so, um, can you felt can you just explain that a little bit more in terms of there weren't any audiobooks, or there wasn't a platform, or there weren't people turning textbooks production-wise into audio. Well, well, none of it. I mean, there was no, uh, there was no dedicated platform for Arabic spoken audio content, uh, and there was no, uh, no one producing high quality uh, spoken audio content in Arabic. Neither mm. you had a lot on, you know, YouTube, SoundCloud, and things like this, uh, but that's mainly mainly produced by, uh, you know, people at home. Um, so the normally, or normally, but if you look in the in the American market or in Sweden, normally the publishers produce their own audiobooks, 
which uh, wasn't and isn't the case uh, in Middle East. So traditionally, so, a publisher would publish a book in Arabic and leave it at that. And then uh, a more advanced market, they'll publish the book and then the publisher will also do the audio in a certain time frame. Correct. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. So I mean, audio uh, in the more mature digital markets is, uh, you know, just another format that you are expected to publish the book in as well. Hmm. Um, so uh, so yeah. So I mean, there was no there was no dedicated platform, uh, and there was no audiobooks to sell either. Uh, so we needed to when we started, then we decided to start in January two thousand and sixteen, and then we needed to do like everything from scratch. Like we needed to build a platform in Arabic, uh, dedicated to Arabic audio content. So just uh, just before you move on to the tech part of it, because it's also very interesting, I, I just want to understand the conversation that you're having with an Arabic publisher at the Frankfurt uh, Book Fair. Surely someone would have asked the question uh, about... Uh, you know, surely a teacher in Sweden wasn't the only person asking for audiobooks in Arabic. Had those publishers been asked the question before? Uh, you know, was this new to them? I think that's very different depending on which publishers you ask. I mean, some of them uh, were basically just waiting for someone to do this. And they really believed in it uh, and, and, you know, understand the concept. Uh, while some was not as familiar with the concept of audiobooks and you know didn't believe it was uh, uh, a good idea at all and especially not being done by someone from sweden who doesn't speak arabic yeah. <laughs> so so yeah i think it was pretty mixed uh, uh, mixed feedback that we get got initially so um, so did you do this then in october that year in 2015 under the same company that you were working with or did you decide to build a platform or how did it take up how did it start then no so i was a consultant at this company that i worked for uh, and this wasn't within the the line of business that they were doing I mean, they, they focus on the swedish market um, so this was a, a side uh, project uh, where i was doing research for a few months um, and then I quit that consultant job and started to work full time with this in, in uh, January 2016, okay. um, together with my uh, co-founder who is, has the technical background. So I mean, in that at that point in January, we uh, had literally no clue about uh, what, <laughs> what we were trying to do. Uh, so we said like, let's uh, let's give it a quarter uh, and see what comes out of it. Um, so first thing we did was to post uh, job ads in Sweden looking for Arabic speaking narrators. Okay. Uh, and we got like hundreds of applications. Wow. Um, so uh, we spent the first quarter in 2016 uh, interviewing Arabic speakers, and both in Sweden, but also uh, over Zoom and Skype and so on in, in other countries. Your co-founder, the technical person, uh, did they speak Arabic? No. Okay, wow. <laughs> but um, yeah, interesting. But did you decide to do production first and technical at the same time? Because that's kind of two big chunky projects, right? It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, at, at that point, we didn't know, right? Okay. Uh, we were just trying to understand more about uh, uh, more about the market and, and what we're trying to do. Um, so uh, at, at that point, we didn't really know uh, uh, where to start, uh, except that we know that we need to understand more about uh, what we're doing to know where to start. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, so those uh, those interviews that we started with. And resulted in us. Uh, I mean, we understood that the two literary hubs in the region was Beirut and Cairo. Um, so uh, I flew down to Cairo in uh, in April 2016, uh, and uh, uh, started to speak to publishers and, and authors in person. Um, and uh, so th and that was actually my first time in Middle East at all. Um, Wow. So I spent a few weeks in Cairo, you know, speaking to publishers, authors, uh, 
we hired our, our first uh, employee uh, who was the guy that we got connected with through one of the women we interviewed in Sweden. Um, so uh, yeah, a few weeks in Cairo and then I went to Beirut uh, doing the same thing, spending a few weeks there talking to people. Uh, and uh, I think at this point it, it started to become clear that you know th there is an interest from the market. Uh, it is possible to, to sign uh, proper agreements with publishers and authors. Mm. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's possible to find narrators and, you know, it's, uh, it's doable. Mm. Uh, it's also clear that we need to build a platform at the same time. Um, why, know, looking back, why was um, that? Why, why couldn't you, uh, why couldn't you speak to say audible or storyteller, the established, um, audio platforms, would they not accept Arabic or did you strategically want to kind of have that platform yourself as well? Uh, we did speak to them. Uh, and I think it was a combination of both. Uh, I mean, at that point of time, they didn't accept Arabic letters, um, so it was it wouldn't be a good experience for the user. Yeah. Uh, and also, from a strategic point of view, we wanted to own uh, own the user hmm. uh, and have that you know direct connection to the consumer, uh, both from a you know business perspective, but also to be able to get first-hand feedback from the users and understand more about what we can improve uh, and in which direction we should take it. Mm. So just, uh, you also mentioned the agreements. Uh, so what are you kind of, are you, when you're speaking to a publisher who've already published a book, are you trying to get digital rights for that book? Or are you kind of um, becoming a partner with them to produce it in audio only? Yeah, so I mean, we are, uh, uh, we are both an audio publisher uh, and a distribution platform. Hmm. So, if you look at, um, I mean, if you look at a more, uh, let's take uh, Sweden as an example, uh, you have a lot of different distribution platforms, uh, and they normally don't own. They are normally not the publisher as well. Hmm. Some of them are, but but uh, normally they are the distribution platform. A very famous uh, one in the more music space is Spotify, of course. Exactly. So, I mean, Spotify doesn't own the music. They are not the record label. They are the distribution platform, and then they, they buy the music from all the different record labels. Mm. Um, whereas in, other, in, in our case, we, were, we are the distribution platform and uh, uh, audio, uh, audiobook publisher. Did you, did you raise funds at the start? And, and was Spotify being Swedish part of your, your pitch deck? Did you say we're doing the Spotify... <laughs> For books in the Middle East. <laughs> uh, yes, Spotify has been part of the pitch deck all the time. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's an advantage. I mean, people understand the business model uh, and understand easily, more easily what we're trying to do. Uh, we, did, uh, uh, we did not, we raised our first round in November or October, uh, October 2016. Okay. Uh, so the first three quarters we uh, funded ourselves. And at that point, what had you? Did you have an app? Did you have a a, a book published? Did, what was your kind of say minimal viable product at that stage? Uh, when we pitched for the first time to angel investors, then I think we had around two hundred titles signed. Okay, amazing. Uh, we had produced like 50 or something like that, I think. Yeah. Uh, and we had a very, very early version of the app. Very uh, good. How, where did, and the technical point, how did you kind of build that out? Was that something done in Sweden or in, somewhere in the Middle East? Uh, my co-founder built the first version. Hmm. Uh, so we did, that, uh, we did that ourselves in Sweden. Uh, and... Uh, and then when we had raised the first round, we started to uh, hire a few developers and we also had a few consultants uh, involved. Uh, but we've been doing most of it in-house uh, during the years. Okay. And okay. So amazing. So end of 2016, you get your, your angel rounds or your seed round, you're coming into 2017. And how did, how did the journey go from there? I mean, uh, from 2017, so the whole time I think we've been working on, on parallel tracks or parallel working streams. Um, 
since we are, um, you know, in, in one way we're two companies in one, in the, in the way that we are both a distribution platform, where the main work is to continue to develop the technical platform uh, and the marketing. Hmm. Uh, and at the same time, we're a publishing company, which includes other work streams, such as you know, signing more agreements, uh, refining and improving the production of the audiobooks, uh, working with all these narrators on that side. So that's kind of two tracks that we've been moving forward in parallel at the same time. Hmm. Um, and uh, you know, since the start, I think we've been we've been growing steadily from the beginning, uh, and uh, just you know continue to refine and trying to understand more about the the users. You know, where are they? Who are they? Uh, how can we adapt the service? Um, only the production of audiobooks was a challenge in the beginning because it was uh, it was it, um, there was not like a huge pool of audiobook narrators to choose from. There's a lot of people doing radio, theater, uh, voiceovers, you know, and stuff like this. Uh, but it's not necessarily the same thing as, as uh, narration of an audiobook. What could be, is, what would be the difference? Um, I mean, if you're doing a voiceover for a commercial, uh, then you're going to read it in a very special way when mm. you ask someone to drink your soda or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, and when we are talking here, it's more like, uh, uh, yeah, like a TV interview or radio or something. Right. Yeah. But I think when you're, when you're doing, uh, when you're writing an audiobook, well, first of all, it depends very much on what kind of book it is. If it's a business book or if it's a, a fictional book, it's, it's uh, quite different. Mm. Uh, but, uh, in the end you're, you're really telling a story. Uh, yeah, you're, you're you're telling a story for someone um, that they should be excited to listen to, and and that's the point. Okay. So you're really a storyteller rather than just a, a, a someone who reads in a mic. Good explanation. And uh, would some sometimes I listen to audiobooks and the author does the forward and maybe the last chapter. Um, is that because? Uh, you know, why wouldn't they do the whole thing <laughs> rather than kind of rather than is that is it a different skill set? Is it really hard for them, or do they say I don't have the voice, I have the the pen? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, yeah, writing and narrating are definitely two different skills. Okay, uh, and so you're just because you're a good author, you're not necessarily a good narrator. Um, but uh, on the other hand, if you have written the book, you of course know the content very well, hmm. uh, hopefully. Uh, so uh, uh, I think that depends. Some authors are good narrators and like to do it because it's also a lot of hard work. It's not just you know going there and reading, um, and and some don't. Uh, so I think that's up to the author normally if they are. Uh, uh, suitable to okay. narrate it. Okay, interesting. So a couple of questions around kind of bringing up to today. So what was the kind of uptake? Like, how did you do market analysis? How many people in the region were listening to audiobooks? And how has that kind of evolved? I mean, the market basically didn't exist when we started. Now we're very early. Uh, I think it's still early, hmm. uh, but uh, it has definitely grown over the years. Uh, in, in, on the Kitab Saudi platform, we have users in more than 100 countries worldwide. Um, so I think that tells something about Arabic as a really global language, uh, which is big in, in uh, I mean, US, UK, Sweden, France, Germany, etc. Um, so, uh, um, but, but the majority of the users are, of course, here in the region where we also invested most of marketing money. Um, so, I mean, you have the, the Egypt and Saudi are, of course, big markets uh, with big populations. Um, UAE as well, even if, if uh, you know, there are maybe less Arabic speakers here than, uh, than it is in other uh, countries. Yeah, and but um, but obviously a lot of sort of digital penetration, smartphone penetration as well in the UAE. The, at what when did, when did you move to the region, and when 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 did you decide to kind of make it you know more focused on this region? 
I mean, I think we've been focused on the region the whole time. Um, but in the beginning, I, I shared my time between Sweden and, and the region. So I flew back and forth. Um, and at some point, that became a bit uh, tiring to fly because it's a pretty long flight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, we moved here in uh, October last year. Okay. Uh, Recently enough. Okay. Amazing. But uh, uh, but you choose you choose Dubai. Did you have another base anywhere else in the region uh, where your staff were, or did you have an office anywhere? So we have uh, we have an office here in Dubai, uh, and we have an office in Cairo. Uh, and now with with uh, together with Storytel, uh, they also have an office in Amman. In Amman, so those are the three like key key locations that we have. Then we work with a lot of freelancers and and uh, you know, people in other countries as well. Okay, so you're very much kind of planted in the region now, and obviously your reference to Storytel that's a recent sort of transaction that you that you've you're partnered up with them now. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, so uh, I mean, Storytel launched their Arabic. Storytel is another. Swedish audiobook company. Hmm. Um, uh, they, I think they started in 2005. Uh, Sweden is the core market, but they have now uh, their service available on, on uh, 20 different markets. Uh, and they launched their Arabic version in 2017. Um, so uh, uh, since then, Kidab Salty and Storytel have been you know, working uh, in parallel as competitors building the market together. Okay, interesting. Uh, and, uh, and now we decided to merge the two businesses to, you know, basically, uh, we think that one plus one will be three. Mm. Uh, we have uh, two amazing teams in the region. Uh, we have two very strong catalogs with different books. Um, so now when we put everything together, we think it will be... Uh, definitely a better service for the users because they will have you know all the books in one place so they don't have to subscribe to two platforms okay uh, and uh, i think that's going to be uh, uh, a more efficient and, and faster way to build the audiobook market here in the region so if if i'm uh, if i'm in in saudi for example or kuwait and i want to listen to an audiobook uh the idea is that i download which app and what's my kind of discovery process uh, which app? I don't know yet. Not yet, but at the uh, moment, there's two choices. So as we stand today, you can download Kitab Saudi, you can browse some books, you can download Storytel, and you can browse some Arabic Correct. books. Um, Correct. Amazing. Uh, so on the, the kind of books, like, you know, the, the kind of famous Arabic authors, you know, do you have a kind of a metric of ha- what's the percentage of books you're are available in audiobooks? Are the are the big releases now coming on your platforms? Or um, what's the kind of supply side like? Yeah, so together now we have, I think, around 5,000 uh, rabbit titles. Good selection. Uh, and um, and we're trying to base the selection on uh, a few different data points, uh, which is, you know, what kind of books are selling in the book fairs, uh, what data do we see in our apps, what people are actually listening to, uh, and what's being rated and said on Goodreads and these other kind of you know, online uh, platforms. Communities, yeah, social networks. Uh, Goodreads is an excellent so, um, platform. Yeah. According to our own, uh, own research, we have around uh, 80% of the new bestsellers that are coming out on the market. Okay, so the um, supply side is quite good then. Uh, yeah, we're working very closely with the top publishers and authors. So, you know, when they are launching a new book, uh, we're we're working closely with them to publish it as an audiobook. Um, is there a is there a typical uh, turnaround time? Is it like hard hardback and paperback and back in the day? Um, is there a turnaround time between the release in in um, book format to audio? And what's the kind of production lead time, or does it depend? Yeah, I mean, so some titles we have released as audio before print. Okay. Uh, so I, mean, I think that's always a, a discussion with the publisher and the author. Um, yeah. But, uh, it obviously, you know, you don't record an audiobook in a day. Um, hmm. It depends on how long it is as well. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, so we mentioned the supply side and, and now, you know, how do you see the demand? Are people in the region, do you think... Uh, 
do you think that people are aware that they can get books through audio? Do you think that they enjoy the experience? Uh, and what's your kind of, what's the feedback you've seen? So far, the feedback is very positive from the users we have. I uh, think there's still a, a job to do to inform the bigger mass uh, about um, audiobooks as a concept. Um, and it's also kind of changing people's behavior, which you don't do you know, over a day. Um, but we are very positive about the growth that we have seen, especially now you know, during the past months where people um, have time uh, to discover new media formats. Hmm. Um, Maybe they watched everything they want to watch on Netflix. <laughs> they completed it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, that uh, and the whole region is, when it comes to digital consumption, um, my opinion is that the whole region is growing very fast. Uh, yeah. Still an early stage, it has a huge potential. And as, as one of the media formats, um, I think uh, audiobook being one of the, you know, traditional media formats, uh, I think there's a huge, uh, huge potential of growth. Okay. So um, what, what I'm kind of getting at is, do you think there's a behavior, do you think we have to educate people to listen to books through audio? Or do you think it's a natural progression um, in terms of, you know, we don't necessarily need to educate people uh, to watch movies over streaming because it's in the similar devices. Uh, yeah. But is is there sort of a behavior shift that needs to happen for audiobooks? To a certain extent, yes. Mm, people do listen to radio, right? Uh, and podcasts, which is still, yeah. And, and podcasts are also growing very fast. Um, so, uh, I, you know, the, the, the behavior to listen to media is there. But then... Uh, to get used to open an app and listen to audiobooks rather than putting on your radio, uh, which you have done for the past 20 years. Hmm. You know, that, that's, of course, uh, you know, moving into a new market with a new, somehow new product. Uh, there's always going to be a, a certain element of education uh, before people have it as their, their yeah. uh, go-to uh, behavior. Yeah, it's, I think it's really interesting, you know, media consumption in that respect, because you could argue or, or ask the question, why weren't audiobooks on radio, for example? But now, mm. personally, you know, I, I love the audiobook experience because I can do it like a podcast or I can do it while I'm exercising. And I don't necessarily have, because my, my, um, my time that I used to hold a book is now holding another device. <laughs> so <laughs> we don't necessarily, I don't know, but maybe it's just me personally, but we, I think there's, that's why maybe audiobooks are becoming more popular because you can get them from your phone. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's obviously a, a big element of convenience because uh, you can have uh, thousands of books in your phone. Uh, and uh, I don't know how long commuting time you have to your office every day. Um, but uh, if you're driving or commuting 30 minutes every day, you have... Uh, 30 minutes back and forth, only that is like one hour where mm. you can listen to an audiobook instead of some uh, radio channel or whatever you do in your car. And mm. uh, so there's a lot of occasions during the day where, where it's extremely convenient to just pick up your phone and click play uh, and listen to something that you can actually well either learn from or, or uh, be entertained. entertained. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's uh, I mean, the way we see it. Uh, you know, what we really provide is uh, knowledge and uh, entertainment in spoken audio, uh, easy accessible. Um, and that's, uh, uh, I think that's the key. That's why consumers love listening to audiobooks. Yeah, it probably stems back to, you know, the educational uh, starting points from that demand as well. Uh, talk about mm -hmm. the kind of podcasts and, you know, uh, why you didn't go into that space? Did you think that that was a separate app or a separate platform? And obviously now uh, Spotify have made huge investments into the podcast space. Um, do you think mm -hmm. that these are, are parallel um, media consumption uh, options? Um, I think they have definitely some uh, connection. Uh, and uh, in the Kitab Saudi app, we have a few podcasts and other shorter format of content as well. 
I, I think the and what's the definition of a podcast and what's the definition of an audiobook? Yeah. Um, I think traditionally uh, an audiobook is is you know longer and it's a heritage from a book. But now when we make originals and uh, they maybe are, are 30 or 60 minutes, that's basically like a podcast, right? Yeah. So I think the difference between podcasts and, and audiobooks are, are getting more and more blurry. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, because of that, it makes sense uh, for us as well to provide, uh, as I said, moving, moving towards providing knowledge and entertainment and spoken audio uh, rather than saying we only have audiobooks. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, when I think of a, a, a high production podcast, I'm thinking of uh, a, a platform or a company that uh, has a lot of narration, has a lot of different sounds, and it's almost like a short form uh, sitcom or a movie. But um, mm. in terms of audiobooks, it's not as uh, fancy, right? There's not as much bells and whistles, but it is very contempor contemporary, very kind of a high quality sound, uh, you know, just kind of a smooth transition at a def decent pace and, you know, not always the same narrator. Is, is that happening or are, are the audio books, the production changing all the time? Uh, well, I think that's, that's something that we experiment with as well. Uh, we have a few books with multiple narrators, you know, background music or not background music. Uh, but uh, looking at what people are actually listening to, uh, that you know, simple but high quality storytelling uh, is really what people appreciate in the end. Mm. Uh, okay. And, uh, and I think that's my personal opinion as well. If you listen to some podcasts where it's more, you know, blah 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 in the background, I. I don't, you know, you can't listen to what they say sometimes. <laughs> you mean they're the, the, overproduced, there's too much noise in the background. Exactly, yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, true. But I think that's a very personal question and personal test mm. uh, where some people prefer that and some people prefer without it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point about personal taste because sometimes, you know, if you pick up a book, you can decide, you mightn't judge it by the cover, but you can decide whether you like the book by reading a bit. Whereas... Uh, the same book you might be put off by the narrator you mightn't actually want to listen mm -hmm. to this person for 7 10 15 hours is how do you get yeah. how do you get feedback on that how do you know if someone like do, are there reviews on the app or do you get feedback yeah i mean but th that's a very good point um, because when you read a book you kind of read it with your own voice in your head yeah uh, but when it's an audiobook that adds a layer of, uh, well, creative possibilities, but also complexity, um, and especially in, in this region where you have a lot of different dialects and so on. Okay. Um, so uh, we work, yeah, yeah, we have ratings in the app, of course. So you can rate both the book and the narrator. Um, and then we also watch, uh, or we look at the data, what, uh, what narrators and what kind of narration styles uh, leads to you know a higher uh, finishing rate and, and better retention and so on. Mm. So I think the way we work with uh, with user research is always uh, a combination of uh, data and talking to actual users uh, and always trying to understand what we can improve. Mm. Uh, but as I said, it's also a very very personal question. Uh, some people love certain narrators and the they listen to that narrator almost regardless of what kind of book they read. Mm. Uh, yeah. While, uh, you know, uh, that's interesting. So that, yeah. Uh, definitely an element when it comes to audiobooks that uh, affects whether you, you know, whether you like the book or not. What about the business model around it? Do, is there an audio fee for the book or do you have a subscription model or how does that work? So we, we have decided to have us to, subscription model uh, so you pay uh, uh, in here in UAE it's 29 dirhams per month uh, and then you can listen to as many audiobooks as you want to okay uh, okay so oh so it's um carp like you can have as much as you want that's interesting because audible do it a little differently than that don't they you can choose to pay for the book or you can have one credit a month or something like that but yours is right. a kind of um 
uh, yeah, it's a bit more like a streaming bundle model. Uh, yeah, it's more like it's more like Netflix. You know, you pay a, a price, uh, and then you have all you can eat model. Yeah, uh, which we think is better because you know maybe you listen to two books in parallel. Mm. Uh, listen to one book when you're going to sleep, but you're listening to another book when you're awake and listening. Uh, so that could be. Uh, that could be one advantage. And then also, of course, if, if you start listening to a book and for some reason you want to listen to another book, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's uh, pretty nice to be able to just switch. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so you do get a lot of a lot of books for the money. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, so, and you see, you think that's working because I guess the difference between Netflix and a book is a, a book might take 10, 15 hours to listen to over a month so you so you might only get through one a month or if even and um, do people see value in that or are people like what's the kind of average consumption by user and that differs very much from market to market hmm. uh, our average book is six hours okay in, in the middle east uh, in arabic so uh, and if you listen one hour every day you can finish uh, at least three or four books during a month. Mm. Um, so if you compare that price to to uh, what you pay for a book, then... Uh, yeah. But I don't think a lot of people listen to four books per month. No. But you could if you want to. Yeah. I, 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 I think uh, flexibility is the key. Uh, so you can actually consume different books in parallel mm. uh, or, or change if you don't like the one that you're listening to. Yeah, true. Interesting. So talking about the kind of... Uh, wider streaming trend in terms of uh, audio video consumption um where do you think we are today kind of in the middle of a pandemic uh you know we see lots of uh research and reports that companies like netflix and spotify are doing really well globally uh do you how do you think arabic compares like and, and some of these platforms are allowing arabic on them as well uh but what's your kind of view of the status quo uh, it's a it's a big question. It's broad, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's uh, I think that the past months since March, right, um, force everyone in the world, including Middle East, to change our behavior quite a lot uh, with the way we have have worked and and a lot of people still working from home. Uh, that's a big change in behavior for a lot of people. Uh, and of course, that includes or, or have consequences on how you consume media as well. Mm. Uh, so obviously, everything, everything digital where you don't need to move out from your house, uh, whether that's uh, media or, or e-commerce, uh, I, I think benefits from this situation in one way or another. Mm. Uh, and then it's, it's, I mean, it's super difficult to predict how this is going to pan out in the future. Uh, because we also don't know how the how the current COVID situation will develop, hmm. uh, but for sure it's going to be uh, uh, well. It's an interesting year ahead, I think. Hmm. Uh, when you look and, at when you look at trends for growth uh, from a Kitab Saudi point of view, what are you looking at? Are you looking at five G streaming capabilities? Are you looking at subscription appetite in the region, such as? Um, Netflix or Stars Play or Angami or Spotify or are you looking at trends beyond the device such as uh, radio, uh, smart devices in cars? Uh, what do you think are factors that will uh, increase the kind of consumption of audiobooks? Uh, I believe it's a mix of all of them that you mentioned. I mean, of course, uh, you do need a smartphone to be able to listen. So smartphone penetration is obviously uh, a key. Uh, and if you have a better connection, you will likely have a better experience. Mm. Um, I also think that now the, the recent development of all the streaming platforms, you know, increasing their efforts in the list with, with Deezer coming in a few years ago, Spotify, Netflix, um, on top of Andrami and Starsplay, and these guys that already existed, I think all of that contributes um, to a development in the market where consumers get more used to uh, 
consuming uh, media online and paying for it. Mm. Um, which, you know, a consequence of that will be that more people have the ability to produce more high quality content as well. Uh, and that also includes podcasts, of course. Um, so if people get paid for what they do, they can develop it and do it even better, which, you know, makes people consume more. And then you have a, a very positive spin in the market that I think we are in the beginning of now. Right. Um, and I, I believe that's going to continue to develop over the years. That's an interesting way of looking at it. So you're, you're seeing it as an ecosystem around audiobooks and consumption uh, that will grow rather than tagging on or merging with sort of uh, music or video streaming. You, you think the, the sort of production, the publishing industry is going to kind of go through this, this journey uh, as an ecosystem together? Yeah, I think so. And that's the development we have seen in, in other markets. Uh, and, uh, uh, mm. you know, music, video and spoken audio or they have, of course have things in common, but there are also different, uh, different medias that you consume. You, you can't watch Netflix in your car, or at least you shouldn't, hmm. uh, because you know, you're driving. Unless it's uh, self-driving. Yeah. <laughs> Unless there's, there's yeah. a lot of occasions where you can't watch, uh, while sometimes maybe you want to watch. So, so I don't think that these different media formats, I think they are helping each other uh, mm. to improve the market in general. And that includes the creators and the distribution platforms uh, and everyone in the whole uh, in the, in the life cycle. Yeah. And, and the, the kind of um, platform question, are, are you happy with that decision to build your own platform? We've seen some, <laughs> we saw, you know, in the gaming space, there was some um, talk lately that Fortnite or Epic Games aren't really happy about being on the iOS platform and, and things like that. But would you benefit from uh, Kitab Saudi? Of course, you're on the iOS platform, but would you benefit more, do you think, as a publisher? And second to that, do you publish your books on other audio platforms? Uh, I think building our own platform was necessary from the beginning. Uh, it, of course, increases the, the cost and the time and the complexity. Um, but uh, the alternatives when we started were, were not good enough. Um, so, you know, from our point of view, uh, I don't think there was an alternative. Uh, if I started the company today, uh, then I would be a publisher uh, and I would not build my own platform because now you have um, different platforms that accept Arabic. Um, so, so if I did it today, when the market looks like it does now, I would do it different. Mm. Uh, but back then, we didn't really have a, a, a good option. Why do you uh, think that is? Do you think it's it's harder uh, to get people to use other apps? What, what do you mean? When we started? Oh, no, now today, for example, you know, do you think it's hard for to get people to use Kitab Saudi or Storytel or? Uh, you know, the, do you think that the bigger companies, uh, you know, people can listen to audio on, on Google, on uh, Apple, on Spotify? No, but I mean, if, if I started today, I would, dis I would be a publisher and I would distribute my audiobooks through Storytel and Kitab Saudi. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, right. <laughs> All right, so no one, no one compete with Kitab Saudi. You've got the market. Okay. <laughs> That's good advice. Uh, no, I see what you mean. Uh, but do you think it was a, a tough journey building the platform, or uh... it is? I mean, it's uh, it takes time uh, and it costs a lot of money. Mm. Uh, and the consumers, I mean, consumers expect Spotify, Netflix level. Uh, they don't care if you're a small company. Mm. Uh, so uh, it does require. Uh, it takes time. I mean, it costs a lot of money, mm. uh, even if uh, you know, building an audiobook platform might sound easy because you just need to click play and the book starts playing, but there's a lot more to it than that. Mm. Um, so uh, for us, it's been, uh, been a big investment in terms of time and money uh, over the years. Um, 
So yeah. it's not. Uh, but you're happy you did it, for example. Me. You're happy you have it. You're happy you did it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. No, for us it was uh, at the point when we started it was necessary, um, and also to be able to raise money and get the insights directly from the consumers. I think that that was a, a big advantage for us as well. In terms of marketing, what's your kind of approach? Do you think of it uh, from a brand point of view or from a kind of performance, download the app and, and try, uh, try it out? I think we need to do both. Uh, we we uh, combine performance marketing with more branding-related uh, uh, activities. Hmm. Uh, but we haven't done much marketing yet, uh, actually. It's been mostly focused on building a very strong catalog. Uh, and the digital platform. Hmm. So uh, that's where we spent most of the, the resources historically. Uh, and uh, you know now I think we, we, uh, we move over more to uh, marketing and distribution and sales. Hmm. Um, but uh, I don't think you can do only one of them. I, I do believe you need to combine the, the hard, hard data performance marketing with the more branding activities to uh, uh, to inform people and, and make sure you're top of mind. So people know about it. Yeah. So just uh, from that point of view, you know, the growth, the number of users, uh, is that something you publish or how many users are using it? And do you think that that will, that has happened organically? And do you see now that you have the catalog and that, and that we are more, the behavior is improving on uh, consumption of audio, do you see that growth trajectory now? As I said before, it's been, uh, I think most of the growth that we had is organic, people telling their friends about it. Uh, and uh, since the start, it's uh, it's basically a pretty straight line growing steadily. Uh, and uh, uh, that's, the, that's the growth line we want to increase uh, and make it jump, make it uh, grow faster. Um, but um, we have uh, only on the Kitab platform, we have more than 2.5 million downloads. Uh, wow. So I think that uh, I mean, that tells you something about the, the interest uh, in the product. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, it's, uh, it's about continue to build the behavior uh, and make uh, you know, Kitab Sauti and Storytel uh, top of mind. Hmm. And uh, we want to be the app that people... You know, when you get in your car going back today, uh, we want you to put on the, the audiobook app and listen. Mm. Uh, when you're going to the gym, you should listen to audiobooks uh, yeah. or cooking or cleaning <laughs> or whatever you do. I listen to them a lot on the bike and when I'm running. But the Kitab yeah. Saudi one, if I'm learning Arabic off the air, you kind of mentioned that I should listen to the uh, children's books, which I'm all up for, <laughs> but uh, uh, do you th would, you, would you have a kind of a UX or, you know, an interface where if I, I can sign in via kind of my English login and email, and then I can listen to it in Arabic? Uh, I think the, the iOS app is available in English. Uh, oh, okay. Maybe I'm clicking on the wrong thing. Okay. So you do have that. So that's kind of encouraged. Yeah. Yeah, but otherwise it's fairly, I mean, if you need to read uh, to log in and get started, you, you're then stuck. we need to improve the UX. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I, I might need to improve my written. Okay, amazing. And, you know, you, you moved here, Sebastian, your, your family's starting in, in Dubai in the region. You, you must be quite optimistic about um, this region in terms of Kitab Saudi and uh, what, what you see in the future. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, I... Uh, I'm, I'm fairly new to this region. Uh, as I said, we, uh, I, I came here the first time four years ago when we moved here one year ago soon. Uh, but uh, I see a huge potential. Uh, I think uh, things uh, have improved on a lot of, uh, uh, in a lot of ways only during these four years I've been here. I mean, the whole, especially when it comes to the entrepreneurial uh, and the, the startup ecosystem, hmm. um, it's a huge change. Uh, and huge improvement. So uh, I, I think that there's a big potential in the region. And I think it's very, very interesting, excited years ahead. And do you kind of, do you look at the region uh, in terms of where you're based? Are they the core markets for growth? Uh, Amman, uh, Beirut, Cairo, Dubai? Are you kind of looking and seeing where people are downloading the apps from? 
Um, in terms of growth, uh, we have most of our users in, in Saudi today. Um, so that's a very, uh, very interesting market for us. Uh, also, obviously, uh, because of the size. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, but Dubai is a good place for me to be based because it's fairly easy to travel around. Well, not now. Not now. <laughs> yeah. But does that is mean... Is that the idea? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're close to Saudi, especially. Does that mean that you have to have Saudi narrators as well? Uh, not necessarily. That depends very much on the book. Mm. Um, if, it's, if it's written by a Saudi author, we're trying to have... Uh, a Saudi narrator, if it includes Saudi slang, um, yeah. But uh, you know, if it's written in pure Fusa, then then uh, we're trying to have a neutral, uh, as neutral narrator as possible. Okay, as most books would be written in Fusa, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. So then it can be a neutral. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So you, yeah. you actually even that, is a, even that is a very personal question. I mean, some people love the Egyptian dialect. Some people love the, the Syrian dialect. Hmm. Uh, it also depends on the book um, and, and what makes sense. So I don't think there's any you know, clear uh, answer uh, on uh, any dialect being uh, you know, more popular than the other. Is it a case with audiobooks as opposed to kind of, you know, uh, production of movies? And for example, if you've got Egyptian actors or a show from Egypt, you can't really change it. Whereas with an audiobook, even if it's written in Fusa, you could have an Egyptian narrator and a Saudi narrator and give the, give the viewers the choice. Yeah, I mean, you can, of course. I think if it's, uh, you know, if it's a book written by an Egyptian author, as an example, you would and, expect uh, it yeah. plays in Cairo, uh, you probably have, even if it's written in Fusa, you're probably going to have a part of the dialogues written in, in uh, Egyptian dialect. Uh, and in those cases, it's just, it, it will be a better experience for the listener if it's also an Egyptian narrator that can now really grasp those uh, details amazing and, yeah and actually a good point <laughs> yeah uh well that's so interesting uh sebastian and it's uh in really interesting story that you have thanks for sharing it uh and we'll follow the journey of kitab saudi and you know congratulations on your newborn and the merger with uh storytell um and uh you know best of luck for the future Thank you very much. Look forward to hear your improvement in your Arabic then. I'll keep you posted, <laughs> inshallah. <laughs> Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy.